Welcome back to Wave Pool Baptism. I am your host, Hannah, and thank you for coming back to this podcast. If you were wondering why I didn't post an episode last week like I said I would, well, let's just say I had a rough therapy session that day and um, been going through a lot of stuff lately. So I'm doing my best with starting this up in the midst of lot of crazy shit going on in my life in general, so it's hard to talk about um, traumatic stuff when you're going through stuff in the present that um, is really hard to. So today, today I will be basically trying to condense the rest of my time there in the facility that I talked about previous in the previous episode. Um, trying to condense it into this episode. If not, you know, we may have to do four parts, but I really wanted to close it on part three with my friend who went there with me, and I just feel like, you know, I understand it's so hard to talk about, so even, even if she needs to have another part for her story, too, I'm totally open to that as well, and I hope you guys are as well, um, because it is hard to talk about stuff like this, and I really do commend um, people who go on po- podcasts regularly to tell the same story over and over again, and um, especially if it's traumatic, and um, it can be hard. So what I've uh, prepared for you guys today is some... Um, bookmarked journal entries in the journal that I filled up while I was there. Um, I was there for nine months, and um, it looks like my first entry in there was on March 31st, 14th. Um, And then my last entry, and this doesn't exactly talk about my, I mean, it doesn't, um, exhibit the time exactly that I was there, um, let's see, and then November 15th, 2014, so yeah, first entry in March, last one in November, so, yeah, that's hard, but that's about right, though, um, that's really close to nine months, so, yeah, this entire, it, I had never filled up a journal in my life, so, yeah, this journal that I have is, like, an inch thick in paper, <laughs> and I had never filled up a journal in my entire life, so it was, like, a really... It was a nice accomplishment, but it was also very fucking depressing. And you'll realize what I mean by that when I read you some of the entries, because this book was the only place that I could be 100% transparent without being watched or heard or, like, (sighs) spied on, like... You really never knew when your conversation was being overheard because um, one of the things I'm going to talk about in this episode is the levels of the program and 
any girls would do whatever it took to get to the next level. So there was a lot of holding each other accountable because that was one of the most important things that they wanted us to learn in that place was accountability. So it, it, it turned us against each other. Like, and yes, I, I'm guilty of doing it as well. I mean, we're, we're a bunch of 14 to 17 year old girls who have to tell on each other in order to get staff to like us more, in order for us to get evaluated, to be up to the next level, and it's just really manipulative, and it's like coercion, and it's disgusting that these grown-ass women were utilizing that as a tool for our manipulation and coercion, like, that's really fucked. Um, so yeah, I just want to talk about the first thing. Um, let me go to my notes here because I am always unprepared. Okay, so something I don't know if I got into very much in the last episode was how, um, you know, I, I had left off on going through the paperwork and talking about my entry there. Um, I got into it very little because I wanted to leave it on a cliffhanger so that I could help help for you guys to come back to me and listen for more. Um, so what I left off on was the paperwork had said, you know, the program can take anywhere from 10 to 12 months in order for you to graduate it. And, you know, once I saw that, once I saw that, I was just absolutely appalled. And they go, oh, yeah, no, I'm only going to be here for 30 days. Like, my parents told me I was just doing the 30-day program. So, I don't know if, like, there's different, you know, types of entries that you come in here with, but I'm only going to be here for 30 days. So my parents were in another room by this point in the office with the director, and they weren't with me while I was signing this paperwork. You'd think that they should be in the room while you're signing paperwork while you're underage, and uh, especially because this was extensive. This was extensive agreements that you were making. Like, I will, I thereby, whatever, will always behave under whatever circumstances. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'm agreeing to having all of my privacy revoked from me for my entire stay here. I am agreeing to all of, you know, the, these fucked up manipulative rules that, you know, a teenager isn't going to even fully understand the way an adult would. Nevertheless, a parent of the child who has to adhere to these rules and regulations. Um, so that was really hard for me to go through, um, because then once I faced my parents after you know, they did the pat down and, you know, made sure that I wasn't wearing a thong or 
bringing in any drugs and like I got to see my parents before they left because they had to go to the store to get even more stuff that I needed for there um, because they too were a little bit confused and were like oh like this isn't for 30 days like this isn't exactly what we were prepared for either but the director had manipulated them so fucking much that they had been like well all right if 30 days isn't gonna save her then what we're gonna trust god and we're gonna trust this woman that we've never met before and have only been exchanging emails with in, in previous about you know getting me in here and shit so they had to go to the store and you know get the rest of my stuff because i needed bedding i needed more appropriate clothing because there was a dress code i needed only granny panties because I had all thongs and boy shorts and they didn't want us having any scandal any scandalous attire um, on on campus on property they even confiscated my childhood my childhood bunny my baby bunny which is this stuffed bunny that I had ever since I was a baby and like I literally I can't, I, I brought it to sleepovers as a teenager. Like, I still sleep with this thing every night to this day at 25 years old. Like, they confiscated it because it had some holes and it was a little bit tattered and there was some stuffing missing. But come on, like, a lot of us, a lot of us have stuffed animals that bring us comfort and nostalgia and, like, it, it's our way of self-soothing and this was my only way to self-soothe and it was taken away from me and they made my mom take it back with me well on my first phone call or I can't even remember if it was my first phone call because you don't get a first phone call for like 30 days um but I think I might have like freaked out enough about it like I genuinely snapped and I, like, had them contact my parents, and my mom had to mail it to me. And I was just like, oh my god, like, fucking thank god. But also, like, the first week there was already so fucking scary. So to not have, like, my one comfort item after, like, most of my own stuff had been replaced by, like, random shit, I don't know. Like, it just wasn't the same. Like, I wasn't even able to bring my own pillow in. It was ridiculous. And, um, I had had this dread in my hair. Like, a little dreadlock underneath my hair. And, um, not gonna lie, that shit got kind of out of control. Because I was a little hippie, you know? I just didn't care about brushing my hair. I wanted all of my hair in dreads. So I was kind of letting it go. And I was like, whatever. I had this one dread that I purposely did. But then it was starting to become a rat's nest in the back of the bottom of my hair. I didn't fucking care about that, though. Like, I... That's the last thing I had cared about. I lived off the streets for two months when I ran away. Like, what the hell? And, um, one of their biggest rules 
like for your physical appearance was you need to have your hair thoroughly brushed and able to have fingers ran through it but at any time and if you can't if like one of the staff members can't run their fingers through your hair then you get a write-up and you have to go straight to your room to brush it or wash it and completely dry it that was another thing is you had to if you showered well obviously if you shower whenever you showered afterwards you would have to blow dry your hair 100% until it was 100% dry and thoroughly brushed through and they were very strict on like what kind of styles you could do with your hair and makeup um but yeah when I was like being checked in they were like yeah so that dread like you can't have that and I was like what do you mean it's on my head like you can't do anything about this what are you going to do? Literally rip it out of my head. And the staff started getting really aggressive. Like, not physically, but aggressive with their words and with their body language and with how they looked at me and just were acting and speaking. And, and they were like, oh, no, we are going to have to cut it out. And I was like, oh, okay, y'all aren't playing games here. Like, it was really hard for me to go through that because I had to sit there while all these other girls doing their night routine were walking past me and they're like, oh, this is the new girl. And I'm sitting in a chair while, like, they're cutting this dread out of my hair and then trying to brush out the rest. And I'm just, like, sitting there crying because, first of all, it hurts like really bad because they're trying to brush out parts of my dread my hair that like otherwise would have had to been shaved and so that hurt physically and then it was just like so dehumanizing to I know this is so like entitled but like because there were there was a lot of more inhumane and dehumanizing things that happened to other people throughout you know, many, many years of existence, but I felt, like, slightly dehumanized by having this dread taken off of my hair, like, they just cut it off, and I was like, I'm keeping that, like, I don't care what you guys think you are here, but you're letting me keep that, and they were like, okay, fine, like, whatever, we'll at least let you keep it, like, the physical dread itself, and I was like, good, and I was just sobbing because I didn't expect to now have to be here for up to a year. Like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What kid is ever going to cooperate under those circumstances? What kid is ever going to want to do better for themselves under those circumstances? And so when you get there, you are entry level which means you have to follow around a level two um, for about 30 days until you get to level one. Um, so you have to like do these pamphlets and read these books and do these like pamphlet book reports from the books you read. Of course, they're all like Christian, nothing secular. And you also have to, like, the other pamphlets that I mentioned, they were, like, 
How have I grown? What have I learned? And then you also have to remain under a certain amount of write-ups per week in order to get to the next level. On top of that, you have to be physically showing your behavior and your language is changing and you're evolving into this light of God. And it's just so... Ugh, like they... They're like, if you don't become this, you will be here for the until you turn 18. So for the rest of your teenage years, unless you do this. So you are pressured into either, one, allowing yourself to be brainwashed, or two, becoming even more deceitful by knowing how to lie to the point of convincing these manipulative women themselves who ran the place and the evil women who who ran this place themselves you have to convince them that you are brainwashed but you're not so good luck because it's really hard to lie to these people because they've seen it all they've they have truly seen it all over the years of running that place. Like, and, and I understood. And I was manipulated into believing, okay, well, the, d like, the director's just extremely intense because, you know, there have been girls who have, like, tried beating the crap out of the staff. And they, they've had girls come in here trying to be violent and aggressive and trying to run away and the only way they'll listen is if their energy is matched essentially and I'm just like hmm okay well okay then and since I already had like a religious upbringing my dad was a pastor and I had gone to church a lot before that like, it was pretty easy for me to get brainwashed. And so I really thought that my life was being changed by God. And, you know, I got up to level two and everything, which is huge. It's really hard to get to level two. Because there's entry, level one, level two. Can't remember what the last level is called. <laughs> um, oh, what is it? Gosh, I'll think of it eventually, but it's called something, um, whatever. I'll, I'll have to ask my, my friend who's going to be on the podcast with me when she comes on. I'm going to be like, please remind me what that level was called because it wasn't like entry or level one or level two. It was something advanced. Like, I don't fucking know. Um... But, yeah, so, this fucking manipulative-ass staff, um, <sighs> I was at level two, and this was super, extremely hard for me to go through what I'm about to talk about. Um, firstly, I'm going to tell you what a safe room is there. The safe room there, I think I told you a little bit about it in the first episode, but if girls ran away, were freaking out, or were just unconsolable, um, they would throw, the, throw us in a room, sometimes with our mattress and our pillows and blankets, 
but most of the time, just with nothing in there, it's a room with, like, just a sink, a locked bathroom, so you can't even, like, use the bathroom. Girls were forced to pee in the sink there. Like, what the fuck, bro? And then there's Bible verses all over the ceilings, and then there's three cameras, like, in, like, three out of the four corners of the ceiling, and yeah. So you're being watched by the staff at all times while you're in there. Not that, like, you know, what are you going to do? Like, masturbate? <laughs> are they going to just, like, like, I, w I wish that I was smart enough to do that. But at the same time, I probably made the smarter choice <laughs> not masturbating in the safe room so that the staff members get in trouble for, you know, filming. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. I would have been in, like, so much trouble. Um, but there was girls sent in the, sent to the safe room for running away, um, you know, just doing really, like, misbehaving stuff, and then there were some, some girls who were sent there literally just because they were being misinterpreted, not listened to, um, not properly being taken care of if they had an injury that was self-inflicted, and, you know, it's just really sad how they treated you when you were having a genuine meltdown that your mental health is in control of. You're not in, con in control of that. And they think that God can just help that. Like, no, these are, these are mental, mental illnesses. Like, we should have been brought to mental hospitals in those cases. Every girl who has been mistreated there should have been brought to a safer environment. Because, yes, there were some girls there who weren't mistreated there and learned a lot and, you know, found God in a good way or reconnected with God in a way that made them feel like, you know, they were righteous and actually being saved. Like, great for them, great for them. But there was many of us who who needed to be somewhere else, more safe, more secure for us, more beneficial for our actual mental health. So at level two, I, um, I'm going to read you some journal entries about when I was, um, in level two. This is one of those times, uh, or one of those things that's going to be really hard for me to talk about because this was probably the hardest, hardest time I had there. Just going through my bookmarks. Um, let's see here. I'm so sorry. Hopefully I can learn how to cut this shit out. Uh, 
if I don't figure it out, I'm really sorry. Um, maybe it's just like ASMR of like pages flipping. I, here we go. November 24th, um, 2014. So I hadn't only been there for, um, three months. So I must have started this journal a little after I got there. Um, I don't know though, because based on the first and last entry dates, I don't know, whatever. So I had been there for six months when this happened because I was on level two. It took me six months to get to level two. And I had an entry that, like, I mentored for 30 days, and she ended up just being so, um, misbehaved that she had to actually go to my old mentor, and it, I, like, part of, I, I, I can't remember if I got in trouble or not for not being able to handle her, or if they were just like, okay, she just needs someone who's not as, as nice as me, like, and my old mentor was very stoic, very emotionless, um, unless it came down to, like, emotional God things during prayer time or whatever, um, which, like, that's fine for, for you, if that, that is how you practice your religion. That's fine. I've been there, too. I was there, too. But, anyways. November 24th, 2014. So, I'm going home in a couple of days, most likely. And I'm so fucking stoked. I'm so stressed because my parents suck at communicating with the director about it. Like, oh my god. Do they even understand the anxiety? Six days until the end of the month, which means that I wouldn't be leaving if I don't leave within the next six days. Um, pause. I think that you could only be pulled out of the program at the beginning of each month, um, because that's kind of like how they would base off what they need in food supplies and, um, other type of sustenance, whatever. Um, going back, um, I hope and pray that they come on Saturday because I hate this place more and more as the days go on. Minus the fact we are having biscuits and gravy for breakfast. The sausage tastes like metal, but whatever. It's better than nothing. Today I'm going to stay, oh, I can't, uh, say this. I'm going to th this today at a middle school. Pause. Uh, I'll explain this real quick. We would go tell our testimonies to literal elementary school students and how God helped us get through our journey of, like, drugs and, and shit. They would have us go to, like, elementary schools and middle schools to tell them, like, don't do this or you'll get sent here. Um, but it really helped me, so, you know, don't be afraid to come here if, you know, this happens. And I think they could see that we were all literally, like, trauma, like, traumatized and pressured into, like, doing that shit. Um, 
Okay, unpausing now. This will be my second time going. But yeah, I feel really irritated, especially with M. I'll refer to all names by the first initial of their first name. I'm not going to be using their names because um, there's no way for me to get permission from all of them to use their names, even if it's not first and last. Um, oh my fucking god, literally she looks like she is 10 years old <laughs> and talks like a preppy little bitch. <laughs> she acts like everything she needs to say, she needs to be heard. So, she talks over people, saying unnecessary shit, and takes ten fucking years to eat her food, which pisses me off because I am on dish put away, and she is on pre-wash. How am I supposed to put away dishes that are not clean? I am freaking out. I am so irritated. This place makes me want to curb stomp a baby. Did I mention she takes ten years to wash dishes too? And she acts like she knows every damn thing in the fucking world. I want to take her stupid little braids and slam her childish freckled face into my knee. She also walks like she is fucking not able to walk properly. I can't use the word that I put in there. And whenever someone... God, I was such an idiot. Okay, sorry. And whenever someone corrects her... She tries her absolute sincere hardest to make them feel like a stupid fucking idiot. Well, guess what, bitch? You may know how to do math, but barely because you fucked up helping me, making me get every answer wrong. <laughs> but I've seen and done way more than you can even comprehend or ever be able to do yourself. Dude, for fucking real, she pisses off every inch of my nerves that I have in my body. I'm pretty sure that nobody could ever be as good of my homies as L, K, and J. <clears throat> Super funny because um, all three of those people I've gotten in a physical fight with, and one of them was my abusive ex, uh, and he started the altercation, and then it was self-defense from there. Then the next one, K, we got in a fucking drunk ass physical fight in my parking lot my apartment parking lot like two years ago during a pool party at my pool and jay was my very first girlfriend and the one i ran away with and um you know how that goes when you run away as teenagers you end up getting in a physical fight when it's a uh, fight or flight mode per se okay back back to the book and the only one I know hasn't, for and the only one I know hasn't forgotten me is Kay. Fuck, that's really sad. I need to talk to them once I get out, because I can't stop thinking about them. And I'm gonna for show go to Popeyes with Kay. Omg, I need to tell, I need to get my ass home. I'm stressed out about it. I ended up not going to stay to the middle school thing because I didn't have a school ID and now I'm sitting in quiet time anxiously thinking about tacos and going home. 
I just need my parents to email the director back. I'm so freaking anxious. I really do not understand this level book, so I really hope I leave so I don't have to read it. Okay, this entry is November 25th, 2014. Today is going okay. We had good sandwiches for lunch. They were so dank. I set up all me and A and other A's stuffed animals so I can read them the old lady who swallowed a bat. A is talking shit to them. There was a dinosaur behind my big rabbit that says, Ugh, I hate people like that. And then she punched it and said, I'm so sick of your shit. <laughs> God, she was so funny. I miss her. She punched him and said, I'm so sick and tired of your shit. Now she's shitting, so A has to take a shower in her shit smell. Haha. <laughs> I'm leaving on, like, Monday or Tuesday. LOL. They won't let me make a fucking phone call tonight, though, and that makes me so agitated because I have rights to make a phone call to my parents. This is bogus as shit. Telling a bitch I can't fucking talk to my own parents? Psh, bitch, who buys my fucking phone cards? Not you, motherfuckers. A bitch best be watching they shit because I'm heated straight out of the oven. God, I was so weird when I was 16. Okay. I can't even describe how happy I am to get out of this shithole. A snitch that's the shit I don't like. Well, I met this lady in Hollywood. She had green hair, but damn, she looked good. Why? Okay. In my journal, like, after entries, I'll just... I used to just randomly write lyrics from, like, a, f a song that had been on my mind that day because, you know, like, I couldn't listen to any non-Christian music there, <laughs> so my brain would just, like, randomly be like, yeah, ooh, I met this lady in Hollywood, she had green hair, but damn, she looked good, or, like, young lean, <laughs> like, just one part of a Young Lean song. Like, oh, shout out Young Lean if you ever fucking hear this. I cried when I saw you in Chicago um, in like 2017. Mm, yeah. No, it wasn't 2017. It was like, it was like 2016. Yeah. All right. <laughs> this, uh, I am not cutting that out. I don't know really how to edit these. All right. <laughs> November 30th, 2014. So like 77 hours until I'm dipping. This is crazy, dude. Wow. I am so excited and scared. And oh man, what am I going to do? This is so great. My brain is still processing this. And then October 1st. 2014. It is 2.32 p.m., meaning nine and a half hours until mi midnight, meaning two and a half hours until noon tomorrow, meaning 33 and a half hours until midnight on Friday, meaning 43 hours approximately until I go home. I am so excited. I just told C to go sit down and do her work, and it was so funny, and I want to cuss out... 
I want to cuss that little twat out so bad before I leave, but I need to ask my dad first so he doesn't use that as a thing against me. I'm not sure what that last sentence was about, but okay. October 3rd, 2014. Well, today was good. I packed and then called my dad, and the, and the director came here, and she made us all have a conference call. And while my dad accepted the fucking scholarship that someone had offered me, and I'm staying here until I graduate. So yeah, I'm trying to be okay with it not working. I just unpacked. Fuck my life. So at that point, I was really, 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 really losing it. Because I thought that I was going to be able to go home. I thought I was going to finally go back to school and have my normal life back. And it was just like really hard. I just don't know what to do in my head at this point. I'm just like, okay, well, I guess this is how, this is how it's going to go. Like... Not much I can fucking do. And so after the phone call with my dad, and I could tell he felt, like, really sad that I had reacted the way I did, even though he was, like, prepared for it by the director, he, he tried so hard to be like, Han, this is the right thing. You're going to do great. You're going to be able to graduate. You're going to be alright. You're not going to be there for two years until you turn 18. You're smart enough to do this. And this is what's best. And, um, you know, after the phone call, I just sat. I curled up in the chair that I was in in the, in the director's office. And I just cried. And she goes, well... Are you going to be okay? You seem pretty set on leaving, huh? And I was like, well, yeah. I mean, I've been here for six months. I've learned a lot. I'm ready to go home. I feel like someone else who could use the scholarship deserves it more than me. And it was just really hard. And she made me feel like a wimpy little piece of shit for being upset and sent me, sent me to the staff office. And then we went in the staff office with the staff on night shift and she shut the door behind us and goes, Hannah will be going to the safe room tonight. And the staff member was like, Alright, and then the director said to me to go get my mattress and my pillow and blanket and bring it in the safe room and they'll be right there they'll, to lock me in. And I was like, I'm fine, I'm fine, like I'm just really upset, like I'm just really emotional. Like, I, and she was like, it's not an option, Hannah. 
you're sleeping in the safe room tonight. You're way too emotional to be around the other girls. And I don't want you talking to them about all of this. And I was like, okay, sounds good. So I went and got my shit. And everyone in the hallway saw me crying and everyone knew. So, like, if you were going to leave, like, if your parents were going to pull you from the program, um for any reason, or if you were getting kicked out of the program, which I saw some, that happen to one, one girl I knew who was one of my old roommates, actually. She, act, she asked to lick my eyeball one time. That was weird. Um, anyways, um, so when I was going to be leaving, like, I secretly told, like, my closest friends there, who were, like, my roommates, but they were jealous, and then they would tell the, their next closest friend, who would then, you know, it would just end up spreading around the whole place. <clears throat> so even if I didn't know that a girl knew, I knew, I knew from the way they looked at me when I was walking down the hallway that, you know, and then I would have, you know, girls asking me, well, weren't you going to be leaving? Weren't you going to be getting pulled? Like, weren't your parents going to be coming to get you? So that's why they wanted me in the safe room. So that I wasn't blibber-blabbing about all of that. And, you know, taking away hope from others. I don't know. And I went in the safe room and they kept me in there until... Um, it was like from like 6pm until we went to breakfast the next morning. So yeah, that was really hard. And three months go by after that. And there was a lot that happened in that three months that made me feel like I was going to be stuck there for the rest of my life. Um, every couple of weeks, there would be staff meetings or whatever. I think they were every week, but every couple of weeks, the staff meetings would be mostly based on who's going to be achieving the next level. And then we would have a house meeting the same day in regards to, like, what the house has to work on, um, as a whole, like, with, like, attitude, um, like, one time, there were, like, two girls who were having really shitty attitudes for, like, two weeks, even though they had been there for a while, it, it was still hard on you, like, so, we would all have our outbursts, I had my outbursts when I fucking had going home dangled in my face, and then snatched away from me, right as I had all of my shit packed up, and I was ready to go, and I was mentally preparing for going back to real life. Like, so the time, this other time, this two girls were just having attitudes with everyone. Not just us, but the staff and the director. And because of her, because of those two girls, the, the director and the staff members all agreed that we all needed to run, couldn't walk or jog, run, no matter what your, like, athleticism was like, your capabilities, 
no matter what you had to run this two miles it was uphill in 85 degree weather in the middle of a road that was like in a like on each side of this road was just cow fields so it smelled like cow shit and barns and hot sweaty barn shit like bro it was horrible and meanwhile the staff members are in the vans like behind us and in front of us and alongside of us and they're in the air conditioning just laughing their asses off and like making fun of us and then certain girls you know would would get to go with them for a little bit if they were in higher levels they get to go sit in the van we literally had a girl have an asthma attack and that was the only reason she was allowed to go in the van and it was just like super inappropriate for them to do that and there was a time where all 30 of us girls we were brought to the director's house and we had to tend to her yard she lives on like a lot of acres and we had to pick up like sticks and branches all over her yard some of us were literally chopping down small trees like totally crazy yard work none of us had done before like using chainsaws and and like hedge clippers and weed whackers and stuff that you'd think like okay the this is child slavery like this is not right this is not right like i look back and i'm like what the fuck you gotta make a slave as child like it was just so bad it was it was so bad and um after those times we'd just all be muddy and exhausted and we'd get to go to wendy's and get those tiny tiny little frosties which is like three scoops of ice cream or no like three bites of ice cream in your mouth it's it's just like oh wow yeah thanks thanks for the reward and they they'd act like well if you do this or, or this next time like they'd call out certain girls and and they'd be like well you guys are lucky that we're nice because so and so did this and normally if so and so would do that we wouldn't treat you guys to frosties to and I'm like, these are the miniature Frosties. I'm lactose intolerant. I could have lived without. But it was still nice. I'll take what I can fucking get around here. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so, I'm just gonna go over my notes real quick in my phone. And, and just make sure that I didn't skip over anything. There's a lot that happened. Um... So, oh yeah, one more thing I wanted to talk, two more things I wanted to talk about is, I believe I mentioned it in the first episode, but there was a huge favoritism factor in that facility. Um, certain girls would have parents with more money, and they would be able, their parents would be able to donate more money for supplies and stuff and food and whatever to the to the facility so that you know I don't know they just got so those girls got treated 
better by the director specifically and otherwise like the director was just like glaring storming in the building like like she's just like this villain about to burn the place down with a crabby ass look on her face and she's like in her 70s not not the right woman for the job bro she thought she was great at what she did and I'm sorry to kill your pride lady but if you're fucking ever listening to this I am so glad CPS got your ass after so long if you get in the way with getting away with projecting your insecurities on young girls who had a lot of different mental health issues and problems, eating disorders, self-harm, abuse from their parents too, who couldn't see through the fucking bullshit that you put them through. God. I wish that she would she would hear one of our adult stories from back then one day. I hope that she finds this fucking podcast one day and realizes what a selfish, disgusting cunt she truly is. So, putting girls in orange jumpsuits for being a flight risk, which means they think you're going to run away just because... They are being thrown into a fucking facility for a year, up to a year. I finally got to leave after nine months because on Christmas break every year, they they let all the girls go home for 10 days. That way the staff gets to go home for 10 days too because a lot of them came from out of state. And... um. I packed all my shit because I was like, well, I'm here. I've been here for nine months. I don't want to have so much stuff to drive back the second time. So I'd rather just pack everything now just in case I'm able to convince my parents. And the staff members were all like, oh, Hannah, that's a lot of stuff that you've packed. Um, is it possible you think you might be not returning? And I would be like, no, 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 of course not. I'm, I have so much to work on yet. Like, I, I want to graduate the program. I want to have that satisfaction. Like, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we've seen girls pack for Christmas break like that and never come back because they manipulated their parents enough. And I was like, no, 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 no. I, I just want to get you know, my stuff back at home, so, so that when I do graduate, I can celebrate and not have to just worry about packing everything, and my mom was the same type of suspicion, I'm sorry, my name was, my mom was a, oh my god, I can't speak, my mom had the same type of suspicion when she saw how much I was packing with and leaving with, and I was, like, telling her the same thing. And then, like, the second I got in the car, like, I just broke down. I was like, I can't do this, Mom. Like, I can't. And I was finally able to tell her and my dad on that Christmas break how bad it fucking was. 
and how also because the state that I live in and the state that the facility was in had different requirements for high school graduation credentials uh, requirements. So if you didn't get the proper amount of credits, like I was technically like almost a year behind in that state like, based off of the credits than I was in my state. So it's kind of weird. Like, I don't know, man. So I was telling my parents, I was like, just so you know, like, I am going to be, like, considered, like, a super senior if I stay here. I, I'm not going to be able to graduate here. I can't do the, like, before I graduate high school. Like, there's no fucking way. And... That's when they finally listened to me, and they finally decided that they're not going to bring me back. And I was like, I was like, thank you. Thank you so fucking much. Because I was finally free. I could finally have a life again. And my friends were so happy for me to be back, like my closest friends. And my friends were so fucking supportive. Like, even one of them who I'm still really close with to this day, she was like, no, Han, you're not smoking weed until, like, we know that you're good. Like, I, like, I don't want you to be running away again or doing other shit. Like, and I'm telling her, like, I'm not doing other shit ever again. Like, I just want to smoke weed because, like, I... I learned my fucking lesson, and it was really hard to learn that lesson, and I wouldn't wish it on anyone, ever, ever, not even my own children. If I have kids one day, I would never send them somewhere where I sign over the temporary custody of my blood. Fuck no. Fuck no. But I'll gladly put my mom in a nursing home. Alright, well, I will be posting another episode this weekend um, to make up for not being able to get one in by Thursday last week. So on Sunday, I will be recording and posting a very special episode. And I really hope you guys tune in. And um, I'm hoping to release this episode today. It's January 9th, a Monday. Um, I'm hoping that I can just edit it pretty quickly or whatever and just get it out because I want to be able to focus on the next one and have something pretty cool coming for you guys. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, um, sweet lullacries, like sweet lullabies, but crying version <laughs> with a C. Um, I now have a Facebook page uh, called Wave Pool Baptism Podcast. If you could look that up, give it a like, give it a share. Um, I also have a TikTok, also Sweet Lola Cries. Same with my Twitter. Um, if you want to follow me on those things, I always, always, always share when I post new episodes um, and new content involving my podcast at all. So, I'll eventually be getting a Patreon, but until then, you guys, um, 
we are not done with this story so stay tuned and then after that we're just gonna kind of like roll with the fucking comedy part of this podcast intention because I want to get into stand-up comedy and I've been writing tons of uh tons of material lately for comedy stand-up comedy and I would just like to you know riff with some friends and goof off on here for a while to get me comfortable with like putting my public speaking voice out to the world and eventually um do shows uh, like at the improv and I'm gonna start it with open mics and see if it gets me anywhere if not well just uh stay tuned with the pod thank you for listening bye